Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. Every week, uh, we come together with the intent of edifying you from God's Word, having conversations about ministry, about ministry leadership, missions, church history. Just We cover a, a plethora of, of different topics on the show, but with the intention of building your faith. Now, this week, we're going to be talking about prayer, uh, specifically the value of corporate prayer. Uh, recently, I had a pastor friend of mine reach out uh, and ask uh, about our prayer meeting here that we have at Midtown Baptist Temple. And we had a long conversation about the history of our prayer meeting. And it got me thinking. It got me thinking about just how valuable it's been. Sometimes I take it for granted. And so what I decided to do was invite Pastor Sam Miles, uh, president of LFBI and, and pastor of Midtown Baptist Temple, just to talk about the history of the prayer meeting in our church and, and, and why we decided to start doing that meeting and what it's meant to our church and, and even more importantly, to the mission of Christ and, and what it's meant to the kingdom to have people praying together over uh, biblical things. And so with that, I want to say welcome, Pastor Sam. Yeah, thanks for letting me hang with you. Yeah, man, it'll be yeah. fun. So uh, there's a lot I want to cover, but I think it's it's the first thing I want to ask about is, so we've been doing a prayer meeting for probably almost, almost 20 years at Kansas City Baptist Temple and then we brought it over here. It's close. It's probably 18, 17 or 18. At least. Yeah. 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 Um, and there are a lot of things that happened in your life leading up to the decision to have a prayer meeting. Um, there was, a, there's a lot, of, like the story goes that there was a lot of maybe upheaval or things in your life, trial in your life that mm -hmm. got you to a place where you were calling initially the college and young adult ministry to prayer. Yeah. But then it blossomed into other things. And and I want to kind of hear that story. Let's start there. Where, okay. where were you at and, and what was going on in your life at the time that you decided we need to have a prayer meeting we come together? Yeah, so that would have been once the, the um, seeker, attractional uh, church model, once that movement was in full swing, there would be a lot of thought and energy and discussion that would that would be centered around what do we need to do in order to be successful as a church and mm -hmm. by successful as a church get people to start coming uh, and this was all over church world yeah you know and uh you know i can remember thinking through some of those things and wondering you know if we're sharp and we get our act together so that god will bless us so we have to study you know good to great right disney corporation Walmart, yeah, you mar know, marketing and marketing, sales, uh, systems, sales. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking in terms of the ministry that God's called us to, and if it's up to us to be awesome in order for God to bless, so that we'll get people attending. Um, there was just something in me that 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 kind of rebelled against that because where's the power of God, or where's the right. manifest? reality of God's word over the life of our people. And I'm not saying that churches were ignoring all of that, but 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 a lot of the emphasis was on let's do things right and we'll get right results. And mm -hmm. and I think for me as I as I examined that, I realized what you know, God's called me to a work and the work needs to be a move of God and and to whatever extent that is, I need to be able to point to to fruit, I need to be able to point to answered prayer. I need to be able to point to God at work in the lives of His people, and so we had a 
we had a large college and young adult group and and it you know it was in all of that i, I called it my personal revolution you know i needed a revolution mm-hmm. where i'm not approaching the things of god or the kingdom of god or the work of god as 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 man's industry and through man's cunning yeah. but but through just seeking the lord and calling on god for his favor for the reality of his word over our life and so i called you you might remember this i called the checkpoint college ministry to corporate prayer mm-hmm. and we had our first prayer ministry meeting and and seven people showed up yeah i was at i was at some of those initial ones yeah i wasn't consistent yeah. I, I it didn't yeah. i didn't catch the vision right away yeah but it was i do remember it being a small group i remember nights being 10 or 15 or 12 or you know yeah yeah, early on. Yeah, to your point, that was a time of you know I did go through a lot. It would have been during those early years that I I broke my back, mm-hmm. um, past, same day, say, actually within a couple seconds of Pastor Shelby, we're at a pastor's retreat and and we're on uh, what was is, uh, jet skis, right? Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, yeah, we're on jet skis and which is a beautiful visual for anybody that knows you and Alan. Just you two out on a lake, just cruising. Alan on jet was skis. in the boat should have been safe. I'm on a jet ski and I knew it was unlikely, but I'd been trying to bury that thing all day. It was one of those big ones, yeah. you know, and jumping wakes, having a great time. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, this ocean liner comes by and I couldn't believe it. It's like a mountain of water. Right. And so me and another pastor were on the jet ski, <laughs> jet skis and, and we both see it. We look at each other and we're like, <laughs> so we, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm just going to take it easy the first time, get the lay of the land and then have fun. Right. And uh, the other pastor, Marco, he just hits it full throttle. And as we're going up this mountain of water, I'm thinking that dude's dead because he just flew through the air. Wow. Well, I'm going slow and I come, I crest the rise and then I'm falling down into the water. There was a big V yeah, trough it in it. And uh, and now there's this wall of water coming toward me, and I'm ignorant. I don't know. And and so I'm thinking, I'm going to bury it. <laughs> and what had happened is, is it just literally slammed to a uh. stop against that other wall of water. So I went from z- 30 to zero right. in a moment. My seat came down onto the, onto the bike and uh, crushed L1 shaped like this now. And... <sighs> Marco, the other pastor, he just jumped the whole Grand Canyon, hit the ramp on the other side, and, and he was good. <laughs> time of his life. Uh, That'll teach you to never go like never halfway. go halfway. Yeah. you're either all in or <laughs> all in or nothing. And you know? Alan hurt his back too. And Alan was in a boat. Yeah, so when the boat, they were being careful. Yeah, and they came out, and the prow of the boat went out into the void, and when enough weight came across the water line it's the bow slapped down he was in the bow and so it was the uh, compression of the bow slapping it as the water cracked one of his vertebrae rough day it was a rough day and and so the corporate prayer meeting began to grow but there was all this other stuff going on that that made you more and more desperate yeah there's, so there's the constant back pain there was the um you know family issues kind of unfolding at that time and and uh, just all of it brought me to a place where I was desperate to see the Lord at work. Mm-hmm. You know, when we started the college ministry at KCBT, we organized everybody very early on. We, we divided people into campus teams. We did the training for it. Uh, we deployed people in teams, and it just blew up. 
uh, we went from 40 some to over to, you know, an attendance of over 225, 230 people within a two year time frame. And uh, if you'd asked me at that time, how did that happen? I would have wisely, because that's what you do, is you give glory to God. But I would have also made sure that you knew if you do right things, you'll get right results. Mm-hmm. Um, we were winning souls, making disciples, training, equipping people. But at the same time, we we recognized that all of this fruit was coming th- through a, a biblical approach to mm-hmm. ministry. And so I had my emphasis there, you know, and it's critical to have a biblical right. approach to yeah. ministry. Nothing wrong with but that at the end all. of the day, everything that God calls us to, except he performs through his people, it's all vain labor. Mm-hmm. You know, God is the one, the Lord Jesus is the one that's yeah. building his church. Right. And so it was, it was through a series of decisions to grow the college ministry each tactical decision that I made grew it a little bit smaller mm, <laughs> with each right. decision. And I realized, oh, you know, accept the Lord, build the house. I could waste my whole life mm-hmm. and not win the souls and make the disciples that God intended me to make, you know. So all of that served to really show me, you know, if I'm going to actually invest my life for God's glory, it's not going to be by my might, by my power, by my strength. It's mm-hmm. got to be by the Lord, by the Spirit working, making the promises of God's Word a reality over my life. So we were praying. I mean, I remember as the prayer meeting grew, there was a culture, there was like a micro culture in KCBT of the people that prayed together, and it was really powerful. And around that time, you also got a burden to make disciples in the city. And so that prayer meeting kind of transferred its way to to Midtown as Midtown began to get planted. Maybe you could tell us about that. So... What started the microculture prayer was, you, you know, I was I was preaching principles of prayer to the college and young adults and calling them to it. Mm-hmm. And we had just a handful of takers, you know, who were endeavoring with me. And one night after the prayer meeting, a gal came up and said, she's just weeping. She said, my friend's going to move back to St. Louis next week. And if she does, there's a real mess waiting for her in St. Louis. It almost destroyed her life before. Uh, it, she'll go to hell. If she moves to St. Louis without Jesus, there's no hope. And she was just des- She was desperate. Mm-hmm. I, my friend has to get saved. And so the prayer meeting's over, but I called a handful of people over and said, you know, uh, here's the story. Can we just fervently and in and in faith, pray for this woman's salvation. And so we're all gathered around in a circle. There's six or seven of us holding hands, praying for this woman. And as I'm praying, you know, Lord, I know she has a free will, but but Lord, you're not willing that any would perish. And can you reveal yourself so greatly through the preaching of the gospel, through the truth of your word, that she'll have to make this decision this week? Lord, we're asking, God, please, this week, you have to save her before mm-hmm. she moves back. This is our sister's es- estimation of the stakes. And and uh, we prayed and wrapped up. And on my way home, I just got under all this conviction. I'd put a, a time frame, a demand of a time frame on Almighty God. You know, like I gave him the way I, the way I felt about it was I'd just given God Almighty marching orders. Mm-hmm. We need an answer from you this week. <laughs> And I, I, you know, I was just 
begging God for his forgiveness for being presumptive, dictating to God the terms of how this prayer is going to be answered. But by the time I got home, I'm like, but Lord, I kind of, I put you out there and, <laughs> and these guys may not get that I was out of line. And before I'm in my driveway, I'm like, God, please, you have to move because <laughs> yeah. I've already made yeah. this mess. And yeah. every day I'm checking any move, any move. And, and six days into that week, um, the gal calls me. She's weeping. And she said, last night, my friend gave her life to Christ. Wow. And so the testimony of that got out that God answers prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so more and more people started coming, and they're praying in faith. Um, it's the prayer of faith that's mm-hmm. critical. Right. If we're double-minded, why would we think we get anything from the Lord? And and so as people pray in faith, and they're seeing the answer to prayer, and then they're testifying about God's answered prayer through through our corporate prayers together, more and more people start coming. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the, it, it was our Wednesday night event at KCBT. We filled up a... Uh, the fellowship hall downstairs, we were seeing people regularly come to Christ on Wednesday nights, yeah, yeah. and they'd give testimonies at the end. And they're just, it was just an incredible move of God. Mm-hmm. Well, at that same time, I'm burdened uh, through the missions conferences to make disciples in the urban core. And so, in surrendering to that, in that transition, now my focus is in Midtown. And it was like starting over, mm-hmm. you know, with a handful of people on Tuesday nights, and and um, that was a uh, it was kind of a here we go again moment, you right. know, got to start over, but but it was also exciting yeah. because you know you've seen what God yeah absolutely what God does in His people. In preparation of this episode, I reached out to a handful of people that remember those early days here praying. Yeah, and one of the the guys that I reached out to. He had, was coming from a really difficult place. Uh, he didn't know where he belonged. He thought his mm-hmm. life was kind of at the end, like God couldn't use him anymore. And his testimony was that it was the prayer meeting that kept his faith alive. Mm. Um, I, I, I reached out to even uh, to Dan because he remembers those early days, and Eric Phillips as well. Mm-hmm. Dan Renault and Eric Phillips both said that that it there was a perspective shift for them. Um, and James mm-hmm. five two also recognized that like. In terms of their understanding of the character of God, it was really formed in prayer because we we grew up learning the book and we we learned up yeah. um, we learned the doctrines and the, and the truths of God's word. Yeah. But the prayer meeting in those early days lit the fire that produced um, relationship, intimacy with Christ yeah. that was particularly unique. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's probably about how you describe it. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what those early days were like, and what were the prayer meetings like, and, and what did it feel like to be there? And and it, you know, I don't want to make it sound charismatic or or uh, you know weird, but there was something yeah. particularly unique uh, about the the emotion and the and the feeling. You know, without God, we weren't going to make it. You know, there was there was that aspect that kind of framed the 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 context of the meeting week after week after week yeah so yeah i think you hit hit on a big part of it you can grow up learning the bible and you'll know a lot about god but prayer will box you in to knowing Mm -hmm. god yeah and you know we're all 
we're all growing in that. We're all we're all learning. Corporate prayer is all about calling on God together. Matthew 18. There's a symphony, a harmony, agreement in prayer, mm-hmm. where we're calling on the Lord together in light of what His Word promises over our life. And so we're just praying the precepts. Yeah, right? we're praying the Word of God. And except God hears and answers prayer and gets that testimony back, gets that glory back, uh, the, the the danger would exist for young believers to think there's nothing to this thing of the Bible, of a relationship with God, of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so for me, especially in the early days, I was very desperate that people would see and know that the Bible is legit and yeah. that God hears and answers prayer. Right. So my prayers were very fervent on that front. Really, the danger is is becoming presumptive and complacent. You, you, you can take God for granted. Yeah. We shouldn't. Right, yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't stay in a place of, of humility mm-hmm. and desperate dependence on him. So what did, the, what did the structure of the prayer meeting look like? I mean, it was pretty organic early on. And it's probably developed into a little bit more of a structured, you know, how did that yeah. come to be? And, and and then with that, like, what should be included in a prayer meeting? I mean, yeah. like what, what it's, it's not Sunday morning. Mm-mm. And one of the things that the pastor that reached out to me, they're doing a midweek service now, right? Yeah. And they're, they've been doing that. You know, most Baptist churches have a Wednesday oh, yeah. night service where they're just teaching and mm-hmm. it's a kind of a, a supplement to Sunday night. To Sunday morning, and it's just another time of teaching and, and discipleship. Uh, mm-hmm. But what about the prayer meeting makes it so distinct in terms of your approach and the principles that you apply? Yeah. So okay. So in the early days, we're just calling people to pray, and you know, I'm the pastor. Now we've got eight pastors. Yeah. <laughs> So with that comes, you know, eight points of input and then how many leaders. In other words, the agenda builds as the ministry grows. And right. so you're trying to cram, you're trying to cram, you know, 350 pounds in a size two dress and it just doesn't fit. <laughs> right. You know, right. so you, you got to find ways to get more fabric to yeah. envelop everything that sure. you need to cover in a prayer meeting. And so, so you have, you have to make you have to make adjustments. In the early days, we didn't do announcements. You have to do announcements. You know, in the early days, there's got to be there, there's very little coordination that needs to take place, and and so you got a lot more latitude and liberty mm-hmm. in terms of what you do. Uh, now I'm lucky. I feel lucky if I get if I get 30 minutes to communicate the word of God in a prayer meeting. But early on, I just realized what I'm aiming at is thirds. We want. A third of the prayer meeting to be in worship and in yeah. praise and in testimony, in giving of thanks. And so we'll do praise and worship. One of the things that we decided early on was we don't want to wear out our worship leaders. Uh, this is one of the reasons our prayer meeting started on Tuesday night was once we first started, we wanted we wanted to keep the the weight of the week, you know, how much time you invested organizing and working to pull off everything that we're doing at MBT, we wanted to keep that spread throughout the week. We didn't mm-hmm. want a bunch of nights back to back. Well, the worship team was practicing on Thursday nights. And so we said, well, if we do it on Wednesday night, then we've got two meetings back to back. So we moved it to Tuesday. 
uh, Jim Sembla in the Brooklyn Tabernacle, they do a Tuesday night prayer meeting. And so mm -hmm. we thought urban core, a lot of transportation, no matter what. It used to be Wednesday nights was sacred. Everybody would protect that right. time. And, sure. and now it's, you know, whatever night you pick, it's going to be challenged. But we just said Tuesday night, that'll, that'll space out our week. Well, we don't want to, we don't want the worship team coming up with a separate set for praise and worship in our, in our corporate prayer times mm -hmm. together. Let's reprise what we did on Sunday or have another group come in or whatever. But right. that's been wonderful. Okay? Yeah, it's worked Just, out great. It's, it's incredible. It doesn't feel redundant. Not at all. As yeah. a matter of fact, Sunday is actually ends up being the dress rehearsal for the worship on Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. um, in my mind, Tuesday our Tuesday night services is where uh, worship peaks. Yeah, at at MBT. Well, that's because we we did the dress rehearsal on Sunday morning, right. and, and and then the songs that we now love were lifting up to the Lord yeah, and praise. It's been great. Yeah. yeah. So a third of the time ought to be in worship, and worship you know worship done right. It's also prayer. It's adoration. It's thanksgiving. Right. It's a declaration of who God is. Over. We're just putting a melody to it. Uh, we'll have times of testimony. So a third of worship and praise, thanksgiving. A third of prayer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the giving of requests. The request can't just cover, if the requests only cover bunions, bursitis, bad backs, and broken bones, okay, yeah. that's going to get old. Now, we got to cover all of that because we're told to be careful for nothing. So mm -hmm. we're going to pray for felt needs, but that can never supplant the agenda of the church to pray a kingdom agenda right we want to be praying kingdom focused prayers yeah so this is one of the reasons we'll do two seasons a year we'll we'll take two times a year we'll have a a season of prayer and fasting for the lost mm -hmm. we want to win souls and make disciples yeah we can't give anybody eternal life we can't conform anybody to the image of christ but god can work through us as his people and so um there has to be a little bit of instruction for that. So I try to, I just try to aim for another third of the time that we have in prayer to be all about praying this kingdom agenda. Yeah, and it's guided. So yeah, there's yeah. generally space for thanksgiving, gratefulness to yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Then there's, there's a, you know, there's prayer requests or space to pray specific, you know, we'll, we'll lift up the illnesses in our body or yeah. needs, people need yeah. jobs, or it'll be very personal in that way. Yes. But then yeah. we'll shift gears somewhere about yes. halfway through the process, and then it's like, yeah. okay, we're the body of Christ. Let's pray body of Christ prayers, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. And so we're just we're talking about yeah. souls. We're talking about mission field. We're talking right. about church plants. We're yes. It's all big, broad. What is it that ultimately brings glory to the Lord? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's critical because that's where okay. So all the souls that we win, the disciples that we make. The churches that we've planted, the churches that we are planting, all of that's coming in response to God answering the prayers of His mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. You know, and in that way, you can see it driving. Yeah. Like it, yeah. like yeah. God is taking the the prayer meeting and His work in tandem, yeah. like in different directions. Yeah. And so we're responding as He responds. And so, like the, the what we're praying for changes from month to month and yeah. year to year and. It's, it's it's amazing that yeah, way. He opens another door and that shifts the focus. Yep. And yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's been great. As the prayer meeting develops and as people get full of faith, what when God's doing something in your life, you talk about it. Yeah, right. So so 
the fame of a prayer hearing, prayer answering God gets out and more people will come and and as as more people agree together in prayer, uh, the sweeter those times of prayer mm-hmm. are for us as a local church, but the more effective they are. Uh, if you think about how the Lord instructs us to pray in Matthew 18, uh, we're called to agree together in prayer. And when we're told, um, you know, Jesus in John's gospel, we're supposed to ask according to his will. We need to pray according to the precepts, according to the word yeah. of God. We have what we ask. Right. When people see the power of God at work, you've got an engine for ministry. Yeah. When people see God answering prayer, uh, that's faith. It's an engine for ministry. Mm-hmm. Spurgeon called their corporate prayer meeting the the, the boiler room. Mm-hmm. You know, He's, that's the power plant for the church. I mean, this is a guy that that they sold his sermons by the ton. You know, they right. would weigh it by the ton. That's how they distributed his messages. Uh, so slow internet, but but massive, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, so he pro- uh, he produced content. This is a this is a man bent towards teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And you would yeah. when you look at his life, you would assume that yeah. it was his intellect or yeah. what God yeah. some God given gift. Yeah. But it goes way beyond that. Yeah. He says the credit for all of it is the boiler room. Mm. It's their prayer meeting. Yeah. You know. Um, well, Spurgeon was a pretty smart dude. If we're smart. <laughs> we'll, we'll pick up on that right, tip and yeah. we'll call God's people to pray. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So the last third of the prayer meeting is, is devoted to teaching and instruction. Yeah. That's usually yeah. bent towards faith and, and, yeah. and prayer. Yeah, and and ideally in such a way, some passages lend it, lend um, more facility to this than others, but but all of the... All of the Bible, really, whenever you, you get it, it's the Genesis to Revelation. It's a prayer manual. Yeah. You'll see different forms of prayer. You can pray the Bible anywhere. You know, in this passage, oh, yeah. who do we see God as? Mm-hmm. So the Acts model of prayer, adoration. You yeah. Know, who do I see God as? What What does my response need to be? Confession, right? Thanksgiving, and then supplication, mm-hmm. all from the passage. You know, here in verse four, I see you're a God who loves. And so that will then inform the prayer response back to the Father yeah. in prayer. So when you preach through a passage, ideally, God's people are seeing the prayer request. So, like we're in Proverbs right now, mm-hmm. I'll try to make space uh, in the corporate. Again, we're cramming everything sure. we can yeah, yeah, yeah. into an hour it's and a half. It's different every week a little bit. Yeah, but try to end with, man, what was the point that God gave you that hit home to your heart? Let's lift that up to the Lord mm-hmm. together as we close. Sometimes it's an altar call. Sometimes you're calling people forward uh, so that the elders can pray for them or whatever. You know, I mean, just, you, you know, as a pastor, you want to trust the Lord to give you insight to where the church is at and what they need. Yeah. Um, I think you know, to that point, week too, to week. I think it's been really great as an opportunity to truly shepherd. So, you know, when you're in the pulpit and you're preaching, uh, that's a very, it's a, it's a place of authority. It's obviously yeah. very humbling, but you're, you're presenting truths. It isn't as always as flexible. The Tuesday night prayer meeting is an opportunity for you to be flexible in terms of the way that you shepherd. You can address oh, things. Yeah. You can, you can shift things on a dime if you feel led to do so. Yeah. You can address people by name. You can call people yeah. down. Yeah. It's interactive. And, and I think yeah. it, 
you know, and maybe this is practical, but I think it's biblical too. It gives you an opportunity to be personable with the people that you're called to invest in. Yeah, where a worship service is more structured and more mm -hmm. formal typically. Yeah. Uh, our, our Tuesday night prayer meeting is an informal family time. Yeah. We try to keep it as, again, you have to structure it somewhat as the ministry grows and you're trying to accomplish as much as you can with everything that sure. you have uh, uh, to use. But but the idea would be that this is a family time mm -hmm. so we can talk about family issues. Uh, Tuesday night is where we share stuff first. Mm -hmm. um, it can function as a family meeting. It functions as a business meeting sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, what, whatever the business of the church is or whatever the discussion the family needs to have, Tuesday night provides an informal place for us to just speak heart to yeah. heart. And there, yeah. there's been times where there's like things in the news that will just break you, mm -hmm. you know, and you realize that there's, there's probably other people in the church who need to hear something specific that's topical mm -hmm. towards mm -hmm. that. And it's always had that, that kind of approach, which is really good. Tuesday nights where we always address those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. also to speak to the prayer portion, I, we didn't really mention this, but you break people out into groups, which I think is also yeah. really healthy because then a lot of times you're praying with people that you don't know. Yeah. And, um, and you are preferring, it's an act of preference of another person over yourself. They're praying, you're listening, you're praying along with them, yeah. your hearts are being knit together. And so in terms mm -hmm. of the unity of our body, the act of praying together is just this harmonizing uh, of our voices before God, and it makes us it makes us more like brethren practically. Yeah, if we're praying together and you end up lifting up your son because you're worried about him, and I'm I join with you in prayer for your son, we're not done on Tuesday night. Right. God's going to keep bringing that up. Yep. And my heart's going to be burdened for your son. I'm just going to keep praying. Yeah. So it does a lot to pull us together as a church family. It knits our hearts together. Mm -hmm. you know? And it teaches us yeah. personal prayer. Yeah. Does, like I learned how to be prayerful in my life uh, because of being a part of the prayer meeting. You know, you learn how to study the Bible in a Bible study. Mm -hmm. You learn how to be prayerful in a, in a prayer meeting. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. powerful that way. Yeah. yeah, sometimes people know intellectually they should pray and like, they, you know, they do the same thing. It's the, bless, it's the blessing prayer. Sure. Lord bless mommy, daddy, the missionaries, the mailman. And then before you know it. And Rover and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bless my cat. You yeah. Know, and you're gone. You yeah, know? because it's it's uh yeah. it's gonna be sterile and impersonal yeah. Yeah. if that's all you've ever learned, if that's all you've ever known. But yeah. when you get thrown into a into the, the furnace or into the boiler room and you're shoveling coal with your, your brothers and sisters in prayer, yeah. suddenly it's like Yeah, you see everything hanging in the balance. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you're not just fervent in prayer on Tuesday night mm -hmm. with the whole church, but that'll carry with you through the yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, I do want you to share some of the testimonies. I know that you probably have to be careful about what you say and, and you know, names or whatever, but what are some of your favorite testimonies? Impossible yeah. situations. Impossible. Yeah. Uh, salvation in the lives of people that mm -hmm. it just seemed impossible. Mm -hmm. And um, those are the best ones. Yeah. yeah. So any, anything akin to those types yeah. of things that are just God's miraculous hand in response yeah. to prayer. The one that always I keep coming back to that uh, causes me to tremble just a little bit is in the early days of the prayer meeting. And again, there's been many marvelous mm -hmm. um, examples of just yeah. answered prayer. Um, we've got probably some of them in the room 
yeah, uh, certainly. with us right now, you know. Uh, but in the early days, um, we'd just gotten going. Word was getting out. Um, some lady heard that we were praying, and we were praying in faith, and she came on a Tuesday night and, and basically shared. There were two pastors at the time, so she shared with us that that uh, she was in fear for her life. Her husband was a drunk, and when he gets drunk, he gets crazy, and he's very abusive, and she's pretty sure he's going to kill her, mm. maybe one of the kids. She's terrified. And, um, you know, what do you do? <laughs> In a case like that, because you're hearing one side of the story, you don't know what's going on. This is just okay. So, you know, sis, if this is if what you're saying is true, okay, we're going to pray for you, and we're going to ask God to deliver you. Obviously, our request is that He'd capture your husband. We're going to ask for His soul. Mm-hmm. We want God to capture His heart. Um, so be bold to invite Him to come to church with you. You know, let's get Him the gospel. But um, we're also going to pray for your protection because you're 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 running to the Lord for refuge, right. and He promises to help you in your time of need, and and so we're going to call on Him for that uh, because you saw a problem and you recognize the Lord was your help. We're going to agree together and ask the Lord uh, to, to to move. And if your husband won't respond in faith, then we'll just ask for your deliverance. And right. so we prayed. And then we coached her. You know, nobody should have to suffer abuse. That's like God. God's called us to peace. He doesn't mm-hmm. call us to. If there is a way out, well, you have a way out. It's called the. It's called the police department. And if you're afraid, uh, Romans thirteen. Uh, trust God who ordained these powers mm-hmm. to sort out your domestic mess. You know, just call the cops. Call nine one one. Be wise. You know, but when you see him getting ratcheted up like this, and if you're in fear, if you think he's going to get violent, just ask the police to come because the greatest thing for him would be to spend the night in jail. Right. Uh, that that'll sober him up real quick. Yeah. You know. So that was Tuesday. On Thursday, we got the word that the police department shot this man dead in his front room. She had called the police because he was he being violent again. Flipped out on him. She called. She hid. She barricaded herself and the kids. The cops come, and um, uh, he tried to kill him. And so it was effectively suicide by cop right there in his in his house. And I just I heard that, and I thought, oh my goodness, we were just. I mean, it never entered my mind <laughs> that that would be the answer to prayer. And it's always made me. It's always made me think. Okay, what are the possible? ramifications because god don't play you know so we don't we we don't want to play in prayer and and so that that was uh that was a very sobering and bizarrely uh still very encouraging Mm -hmm. you know in terms of god is hearing yeah when we pray and and he moves and terrible in a fearsome in a prescribed way he knows what's necessary and he's gonna do it yeah like move me yeah. He, I mean, he's he's asking us like, yeah. I'm ready. Uh, yeah, call, call upon yeah, me. Yeah, call. I'll yeah. answer. Yeah. Some of the sweetest ones are the ones where somebody's heart is hard, mm-hmm. and and it, a mom is desperate, you know, for a relationship, a child, a, a mate, or whatever. And and there's been times over the years where we'll beg for someone's heart, and then we get it. 
Yeah. I think those are the maybe some of the sweetest ones. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, church, every time church plants too. I mean, yeah. it's like, I mean, right now we're praying for planting churches in several different places. Yeah. Yeah. We can pray that. And it'll way. be up to the Lord. It'll be up to the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And and we'll pray that way. And the reason we can pray that way is because we've seen God do that. Yeah. Right. We yeah. can look at our pat. We can look back at the monuments behind us and yeah. say, "Oh, I remember when we prayed yeah. for Tampa or Lee Summit or Boston or." And even the doors that he's closed. Yeah. Uh, just that increases your confidence. Yeah. So we acknowledge the Lord in all our ways. Man, take it to the bank. He'll direct our paths. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. You know, twice a year, we set aside time for you know, to have a season of prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. And every time, we were able to start Bible studies. I mean, every time, we can start Bible studies with the lost. And instead yeah. of trying to share the gospel in a few minutes, we get five weeks to five months to share the mm-hmm. gospel with someone. And every time, we get, I mean, people get baptized and people move forward as disciples yeah. Why wouldn't we just pray all the time? Right. For, why wouldn't we just be careful for nothing? Sure. And just give it all to the yeah. Lord in prayer with thanksgiving. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. Mason Wilson here. I'm one of the pastors at Harvest Baptist Church in Iola. And I wanted to share with you how Living Faith Bible Institute has been an invaluable tool for my life and ministry. As a young man, I was zealous for the Lord and for His Word. And so I did what anyone would do when I had questions. I turned to the internet. But oftentimes that would leave me with more questions than answers. And so when when I found Living Faith Bible Institute, it was a godsend to be able to sit under like-minded pastors and leaders and learn the certainty of the words of truth. Coming from a small church in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, our ability to put on a Bible Institute is very limited. And so when, when we found out that the Living Faith Churches were coming together to form a Bible Institute, we knew this is our opportunity to send our, our budding leaders in for Bible training and for pastoral prep. And finally, I learned so many practical principles for parenting and for marriage that I wouldn't trade for anything. And so for that, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for Living Faith Bible Institute. If that interests you at all, please visit lfbi.org and consider enrolling in classes. In the years of the prayer meeting, what are some, I mean, you've mentioned some of them. What are some principles that guide, not, you know, we talked about the structure and the way that we do prayer, the way that we conduct prayer, but what are some principles that you always come back to in terms of of the way in which we should pray and the way that God instructs us to pray? Well, okay, so agreement in prayer is a big deal um, because we're we're told where two or three agree. Uh, we know that's not a standalone criterion. You mm-hmm. know, there's multiple uh, criteria. We have to ask according to his word, according to his will. If we're regarding iniquity in our heart, God basically says, talk to the hand. You're asking for my blessing over your unrepentant pursuit right. of sin. Which is also, let me yeah. pause there, is you. we also will time from time to time do Lord's Supper in the context of a prayer meeting yeah. for that very reason. Yeah. Yeah. So we can ask the Lord to wipe that yeah. Yeah. away. It's, a, it's like, a forced consideration. Yeah. Do we need revival? Yes. You know, do I need revival in my heart? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's critical. Uh, so there's, you know, the, the, there, there are biblical prescriptions, there's biblical instructions for how we're supposed to approach prayer together. And I do think um, keeping, that, keeping the, the overall focus on a kingdom agenda, agenda is critical and keeping it focused on passages in the Word of God keeps it fresh, keeps it, keeps it exciting. Um, but the, the biggest one, I think this is the biggest battle is just recognizing that we're all weak and we're prone to error. If Solomon, who, you know, I think I think probably we tend to look in the past and feel like people are less intelligent, less educated, not as strong. Right. And we forget that humanity is actually devolving. Right. Uh, we're getting dumber and weaker. Yeah. As the, yeah. We are, as we are not to despise men like Solomon. No. <laughs> so here's a guy that says, I'm like a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, God, except you do the work, except you work in and through my life, you know I'm going to screw the, this the up. The wisest man on earth. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's what happens is we pray fervently because God, God's working all things together for our good, and he shuts us up to prayer. So we pray fervently. Um, we, we come to a place maybe where we're like, Rachel, give me children lest I die. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you get a kid. Yeah. And then you're done praying. Because instead of continuing and dependent on the blessor, you get fixed. Your fat, your satisfaction, your life, your devotion, your contentment, your attention is fo- focused on the blessing. Yeah. Um, so you know, we we call on the Lord in prayer. We we pray to the blesser, and then the blessings make us independent and stupid. Yeah. And then before you know it, we're busy doing all of the right things and. And and wondering why we're growing weary and well doing, yeah. and, and you know you, you you end up from being at this place where you're totally focused and devoted in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've gone from a Mary relationship, a Mary focus, to just a Martha mm-hmm. busyness, and you know your prayers become perfunctory, and and um, you're you're kind of just throwing them up because it's time to do that. Man, we have to remember we're talking to a person yeah we're not speaking words at him we're talking to him and we ought to use some respect he's a a king he's a king we ought to give deference we ought to be humble but at the same time be bold and find grace and because he's also our friend he's our father he's our friend yeah Yeah. uh he in in the holy spirit he's indwelling us he's comforting us he's our teacher he's our friend i mean uh, so keep, keeping those things in the forefront of my mind is, has been critical. Mm. The more blessing, the busier, the busier, the less dependent you are in prayer. Because look at all this blessing. Yeah, I got to manage it. I'm busy and managing it. That's how train the train wrecks. Yeah, <laughs> that's how the car goes so off that, the road. In that, yeah. you know, in that vein of thought, uh, there are pastors, there are leaders that are listening to this and, and they're maybe even asking themselves, like they're saying, they're looking around, surveying their ministry and they're saying, we are busy uh, with all the good things. We've got, you know, the right approach, the right philosophy of ministry. We've got the right book and we're doing our thing. But the power seems to be absent. Maybe this is what we need uh, is to become more dependent on the Lord in prayer what are what's some advice that you would give them? What are some things that you would say or share to help them uh, take the next steps and uh, have boldness as it concerns 
starting corporate prayer meetings? Well, for sure, it is what they need, right? You know, it's not maybe. This is a, we need to mm-hmm. call the people to prayer. Second um, Chronicles sixteen nine says, "The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth." Why? Why is the Lord looking throughout the whole earth? Uh, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Okay, so God's looking for some people who have a heart that's perfect toward him. He wants to show himself strong on their behalf. The people who don't have a heart that's perfect toward him, they're frustrated. There's mm-hmm. conflict. They're having wars. So, you know, in terms of, okay, so in light of the fact that God's calling the church to prayer, um, over and over again, you see Paul asking the church for prayer, instructing the church in prayer. Mm-hmm. We're called to pray. And all of the instruction, there's very little uh, singular first person, right? There's very little singular prayer instruction. It's mostly to the group. Yeah. The pronouns are why pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just so that you wouldn't get the idea that all prayer is corporate prayer, you have some examples of private personal prayer. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the overwhelming majority of examples in prayer are people coming it together. Is obvious. Yeah. We're supposed to pray together. Why wouldn't we? We come together. We ought to talk to our Father. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what what is a a perfect heart toward the Lord look like. You study that out, and all of a sudden you're finding this person who loves God's word, who's humbling themselves. They're drawing near to God. They're calling on God for the promises of his word over their life. They're asking God for those blessings. And and so so what happens is, as a church has problems, they have issues, and so they try to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. They try to get their act together. They want to do all the right things so that they get all the right results. They want to confront problems head on and and at the end of all of it, it's by my hand, it's by my power, it's by my wisdom, it's by my ability, my strength that yeah. the work of the ministry is moving. Well, and you're it doing com- foolishly. It you're compounds have the frustration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just adding insult to right. injury. The best thing we can do is be like that Solomon-minded, have that heart of a little child. It's like God. I'm just smart enough to get myself in big trouble. I I need you. Mm-hmm. And, and for the pastor to humble himself and say to the church, we need the Lord. We need God to do what only God can do. I can't. I can't make us successful. I can't make us fruitful. I can't make us uh, have reward at the judgment seat of Christ. With all my heart, as a pastor, that's what I want, right? I want you to be rich at the judgment seat of Christ. I want the kids in Kaya to be filthy, stinking, rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. I want the whole church to, to, to point at people and say, you're my crown of rejoicing here today, mm-hmm. you know? If that's going to happen, it's because God worked through us, not because we're better at it than the, you know, the next church right. down the street, so we win the prize and the people come to our church. Right. We need God to do what only God can do. Well... I'm so awesome, Lord, you have to bless me and use me. Look what we're doing. Look at our structure. Look at our ability. Look how well we know your word. Look at, look at us. 
It's like salvation. We're saved by God's grace through faith. It's the gift of God. It's not of works. It's not of ourselves. Nobody, mm -hmm. when God's working, nobody gets to brag. Right. So for a pastor to say, we need the Lord, let's call on him. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And then God does the work. And when when he lifts you up, when some when when the the answered prayer comes, when the fruit comes, give it in glory to the Lord. Give it back to the yeah. Lord because you, you don't want to be in a place where now your heart's not perfect toward the Lord. And you know, God lets the warfare bring you to a place of repentance, right? He lets you bring, He lets it happen to bring you to a place of acknowledgement. Um, you know, all things work together for good, mm -hmm. even the stupid yeah. ideas we get, right. you know. So he'll bring us to a place where we recognize, yet again, we have to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways because if he's not directing our paths, we're playing at it, we're right. wasting our time. Right. You've heard me tell the church multiple times, I don't want to play church. I don't want to just hold services. I don't want to just do right things and say we're getting right results. I want to be a part of a people I want to be a part of a church where God is at work. He's mm -hmm. moving in the midst of his people. Yeah. You know. And it defers all the fame to oh, him. Yeah. Right. Like that, yeah. um, that model, you know, a lot of us want to say the humble thing and we want to say that it is God, you know, that he's doing the work. But it's a humble brag. But it's a humble brag, right? <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, when we put the onus on him to come through and then he does. Yeah. Then it's like, well, God did it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, that's actually that, there's something very. It goes against our pride. It goes against our flesh. But there's something very divinely satisfactory about that. It resonates with the spirit inside yeah. of us in a way that that is unlike. You lead someone to Christ, right? And uh, you know, there's a temptation to say, "Well, I led someone to Christ." Right, like in everything we do, we always find a way to crow about it, right? <laughs> yeah. But when you uh, when you pray a specific prayer before the living God, and he he answers it with specificity, you're undone. Yeah, you're undone. Yeah, please God to use a weak, foolish person to bring great glory to Himself. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? So, like, a word to pastors. Um, the worst day of my existence would be getting to the judgment seat of Christ and everybody finding out that it was the whole ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, uh, Living Faith Bible Institute, you know, all of that, it was about me, yeah. Sam Miles, for people to see who I am and what I can do, what I can accomplish. If that's what my life was about and then by extension joining with me, it was all about elevating my place, whether it's pastoral authority over their life, position in the community or whatever. Okay. And it hitting everyone. I wasted my life. <laughs> right. That's a catastrophe. So, so if there's anything, God just keeps bringing me back to this place. If there's anything that I'm desperate for as pastor at MBT, uh, as, as, as a laborer in the Living Faith Bible Institute, it's that everyone, oh God, please uh, help me to envision everyone, to coach everyone, to train, to, to task, to deploy everyone, to be fruitful for your glory. 
that they'd have fruit at the judgment mm-hmm. seat of Christ, that they'd have this growing relationship with you, that they're investing in the souls of men through evangelism, discipleship, training and deploying, yeah. that they'd be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth uh, so that you will say to them, well done. If I've only got a marginal part in that, because it's really God's got to work with them, but if I can be a conduit to help make that connection. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's victory. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, so now they're rejoicing at the judgment seat of Christ. That'll be my joy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be rejoicing with them, you know. So to, so to get to the judgment seat of Christ and realize you had a pulpit ministry and people were impressed with the way you spoke or the way you handled people or the way, you know, but the membership is not fruitful. Well, what did, what did Jesus say in John 15? Fruitfulness, glory to God is tied to answered prayer. There's no yeah. getting around that. Yeah. No. And that's the testimony of Hannah as well. Yeah. You know, the pray, praying is yeah. what was the difference. What's what brought the yeah. blessing. Yeah. Same for Isaac. Mm-hmm. And really the same for Rachel, if you think about it. Right. Rebecca, she's just no kids for 20. Right. They're married for 20 years. And there's no bun in the oven. Right. And instead of coming up with a handmaid and following Abraham's example, Sarah and Abraham's example, Isaac calls on the Lord. And here comes the fruit. Yeah. Um, you know, Jacob gets married, wakes up. It's Leah. Right. Whoops. This is not this is not what I just spent seven years working yeah. my tail off for. And so God saw that she was hated, blesses her with children. Mm-hmm. The the you know, little sister, she can't have a baby. Right. Give me children lest I die. She's so frustrated. She's she's basically berating Jacob. Mm-hmm. She's like, what am I God? You know, I can't get, I can't just do this. And by the time she gets down and she has uh she she has a uh, Joseph. Uh it says the Lord hearkened unto her. Like somewhere along the line, she got yeah. done warring, doing foolishly, having wars. She got done with a family drama and she started calling on the Lord. And God gave her a baby. Thank God, because Joseph saved the world. Yeah. You know. Well, what you've shared with us today is powerful. And I and I really I pray that this is a vision that all of us can catch, is that that we are called to pray and that that prayer is is best done, best practiced in community with, with the body of Christ. Yeah. And that's the way the early church practiced. They gathered every morning before the sun rose in houses together to pray. It was yeah. a, every single day. They understood. And then the its corporate value. times of prayer, nine, noon, three. I mean, yeah, they're praying all the time, all the time. Man, yeah. it, it, what if yeah. what if the Laodicean church um, came back to their first love, you know, and and they they chose to pray God's word back to Him? You yeah, know? God would answer. He would answer. And their minds would be blown, mm-hmm. and they'd pray more. Yep, it, it's very rare, and so I, I just would say this to pastors: there is a reason that we're running out of room on Tuesday nights. Um, what we had a children's thing, and we literally had standing room only because yeah, we had some visitors right. that came. So we were out. So we'll have to restore our balcony if we're, if the prayer meeting can keep growing. Our yeah. midweek service is full. Why? 
because we sing so beautifully because I'm such an eloquent speaker. Right. <laughs> because, I mean, why? No, people know. God's on display. God answers prayer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks, Sam. Yeah. I appreciate so. it. Yeah. Thank you. And we want to thank you for joining us. And uh, we, we, are, we are prayerful that you would have a heart um, that's knit to the Lord's and, and God wants us to pray. And a lot of us have prayer practices, you know, in our in our personal life, and we have an intimate walk with the Lord and His Word, and we wake up early to pray and, and call on the Lord. But there is a value um, in praying together, and that's really the vision that we wanted to talk about today: is what does it look like for all of us to gather together as the body of Christ and and pray kingdom prayers as one unified? It could be the difference uh, in your church in terms of transformation and actually seeing real disciples made. And so we want to call you to that and, and ask you to consider whether or not your church needs a prayer meeting, uh, and however that may look. It might not look like what we're doing, um, but, but however that may look, we just want to call you to that work because it is, it is a God work. It's a biblical work. Uh, we also want to invite you to visit lfbi.org. If uh, what you've heard on, on this episode or other episodes of The Postscript uh, challenge you and and cause you to think, man, I need to learn more about God's word. Uh, I, I want to be a better leader in my church. I want to understand ministry better. I want to do it biblically. LFBI is a place where you can grow in your faith, but also in your ability to lead. And so we want to ask you to check out lfbi.org and consider some of the classes that are, that are upcoming here this uh, spring. With all that said, we love you. We're grateful for you. We're grateful for all the time that you spend with us. You mean so much to us. We always love hearing the testimonies. Uh, leave them on the LFBI uh, Facebook page. Send us messages. Uh, they, they bring a blessing to us, and it, and it helps us know that we're not doing this work in vain. But we love you, and we can't wait to see you again next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Postscript. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast. If you value this show, please help us continue creating content by supporting Living Faith Bible Institute at lfbi.org support.